Welcome to the Catholic Podcast Collective. We are so happy that you are here with us. The goal of the uh, collective is just for Catholic podcasters to have a space to come together, to collaborate, but also for anyone to discover um, new Catholic content that they might be interested in, for us to be able to come together and have conversations. I just love this this idea of the collective, all of us coming together to help one another, to support one another, and to help us share and, and put our content out there. Um, so I'm really hopeful for us working together on our projects and, and supporting, and then ultimately um, just evangelizing and getting the good news of Christ out there and bringing people to Christ. Welcome to the Catholic Podcast Collective. We are so excited to have you all with us today. My name is Jenna. I have a podcast called A Shower of Roses, where I uh, discuss and explain the upcoming Sunday's mass readings, often with a guest. And I have with me some fellow wonderful, amazing Catholic podcasters. So shall we all, y'all want to introduce yourselves? Yes, let's. Uh, so I'm Erin Kinsella. I'm a consecrated virgin from the Archdiocese of Toronto. Wait, I, I did a- not know that. What? Really? <laughs> That's, That's true. So cool. I mean, usually I try and put the sign on my forehead for when I'm <laughs> meeting new people, but I forgot. <laughs> no, I, but we've talked before and I didn't, I did not oh, know yeah. that. That's amazing. It's, it's pretty great. Honestly, it's really beautiful. I love, I get to talk about vocations all the time too, because it's not a super common vocation wow. right now that a lot of people have heard about. So yeah. So if anybody's listening and you're like, what is that? You can send me an email, but yeah, it's pretty sweet. Wow. And I'm one of three who are part of a podcast called In the Thicket, and it's about suffering. So, I mean, super happy, real light material. It's an easy listen, you know, <laughs> but really it's it's actually pretty great because we do laugh a lot, but we also get, I mean, everybody suffers, right? So it's wanting to hear about people's experiences and suffering so that hopefully we can learn how to suffer well and how to find hope in places that are dark. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. All right. Well, I'm Alexandra Sullivan. I am a mom of three. I'm in the Archdiocese of New York, and I co-host a show with Father Connolly, who will introduce himself next. And our show is called Raising Saints. So I'll let him do a little bit more about it. Hi, I'm Father Connolly, a frequent guest on Alexandra Sullivan's podcast, Raising Saints. (laughs) (laughs) Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. And um, just really briefly, it, it came together kind of so organically. Um, Alexandra's kids are in our school here at the parish. And um, in my travels through the school each day, um, fielding all their questions, I'd go with the idea of a curriculum and it'd end up just being a Q&A every time because they have such amazing questions. And so Alexandra said, let's do a podcast. No. So, no, I said, you do a podcast. Yeah. Oh, right. And then I said, sure, let's do a podcast. <laughs> so that's a bit oh, about That's so great. Awesome. I love it. Um, hi, guys. I'm Rachel. I'm Rachel Smith. Um, and I have a podcast called To Grow Good. 
And it's a podcast of conversion stories for people to share their encounters with the living God and how they came to know God and how he led um, them into his church. So I'm so excited to be here. And I'm Matt. I am one of two um, with my co-host JB um, or Joe. We are on uh, the podcast Catholic and podcast where we are uh, kickstarting the biographies of future saints. Uh, we get to talk to people who are on fire with their faith, but also passionate about um, everything else that we can find in the world, whether it be sports, acting, consulting, engineering, um, anything out in the world that they bring the faith into and um, whatever they bring back to the faith to kind of show the beautiful universality of the church. That's awesome. I love that kickstarting biographies of future saints. Yeah. It's so epic. Yeah. I'll I take the credit this. since he's not here. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. It's so good to be all together with you guys. And I love how we all, you know, this is the concept of the collective is that we all have Catholic podcasts, but yet they're all so different. Um, that's just really cool. Mm -hmm. So we're getting together and uh, this episode is going to come out right around Holy Week. So um, I was thinking we could all just chat about Holy Week, about how Lent has been for everyone, about Easter, Um so maybe Father, we could start with you and you could kind of offer your perspective on on Holy Week. What do you like about it? Um, what are your thoughts on Holy Week? He likes everything about it, especially <laughs> the feet washing. That's that's the highlight of his week. Is that sarcasm? I <laughs> <laughs> do you not like feet. No. Nope. I mean, who does? Well, no, but but so why okay so then why father do you think that's part of holy third like you know well, what I mean? so alexandra is being funny but actually though like i think probably most human beings feet are not exactly my my biggest interest um i do love that that symbol it, it's um and and sadly uh, we're not going to have that this year um the uh, powers that be have have decided we'll omit that um, in our Holy Thursday liturgies in the Archdiocese. So I suppose they're just trying to be conscious of, of everything going on still. But, um, but I think it's such a rich uh, image of the service of the priesthood and, and of ultimately, of course, Jesus. You know, you see the priest get down on his hands and knees and, and in a way really kind of debase himself before his people. Um, it, it's profoundly moving that I've only one time been the priest who did that, but um, to do that, it's like, and if, if I've been tempted to pride Lord and Lord knows I can be uh, boy, is that a, a quick fix, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's, and, and that's kind of what I love most about Holy week is these things that are these once in a year opportunities, these images. So the washing of the feet on Holy Thursday, the veneration of the cross on Good Friday. Um, of course, we, we genuflect and bow before crosses all the time. We make the sign of the cross all the time. But to, really, to take the, those moments and say, I'm so intentionally, I'm just walking up the aisle of this church precisely to go to that cross and, and kiss it, you know, something else we won't do this year. But um, 
will nonetheless venerate the cross. Everyone can come up and, and they can genuflect or bow or something like that. But, um, and, uh, and the music, I love the music of Holy Week. I, the, the beautiful chants of Holy Week, and especially um, the exaltet at the Easter vigil. Oh. Um, you know, so my good. one chance a year to sing about bees. When else? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so, so good. Yeah. And I, we've been joking that um, this Lent, it sort of, it doesn't feel all that Lenty maybe because it's had ever ended from last year, you know, um, last year's Easter was, was very strange. All of it was very strange. I, um, I remember saying that I felt like it, being alone in the church preaching to a, a, a smartphone camera, I felt like Fulton Sheen without the intelligence or holiness, you know, uh, mm -hmm. just being streamed everywhere. But um, what a joy it is to have our people back. And we're seeing them come back a little bit more and more each Sunday. And so Holy Week uh, promises to be a really rich time of, uh, of grace. Mm. So I love it. Yeah. I had my feet washed once when I was in college by my priest at the Newman Center, and it felt so wrong. Like it felt so wrong <laughs> um, because he's, you know, it's the, this priest that I looked up to and has been a spiritual guide for me. Um, and so, but I think that was, that's the point of it, right? Is it's not supposed to feel natural. It didn't feel right. natural for the apostles mm -hmm. to have their feet washed by God incarnate. You know, um, so I think that feeling of like, mm, this doesn't feel normal. Like, I think that's kind of a good thing for us to lean yeah, into. Yeah, you're, and you're in good company there with St. Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had a, my foot, feet washed one time, but I have a tattoo on my toe. And the priest was like, you got a little dirt on your feet there. What's that? I'm like, ha ha, father. Was he trying to scrub it <laughs> off? <laughs> 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 like what are you doing it's like you just got a little dirt on there ha ha what a joker <laughs> oh it's good anyone else want to offer their thoughts or likes or dislikes of of holy week and lent yeah it's i love i love holy week it's like i really love lent but i love holy week is my favorite week of the whole year um, but I love Holy Saturday actually a lot. It's like the whole, like, I love the reading. The second reading in the office of readings mm -hmm. is unreal. So if anybody's listening and like go to the divine office or bravery, what I, like look up the second reading in the office of readings. It is so beautiful. And it talks about like the world being asleep and, um, yeah. And just that sense of stillness. Like, I feel like there's such a sense of stillness on Holy Saturday, you know, and it's like, um, there's even something that's really feels very human about it in the sense that uh, that there's so many times I think that we're we're like it kind of feels like the Lord is not present or is not, you know, like when we can feel alone or, you know, like desolation or whatever you want to call it. Um, but then we were talking in one of our episodes a few weeks ago. Uh, and just reflecting on actually for Mary, the closest she was to Jesus physically during his whole passion was when he was dead in her arms, mm. which is like a profound image to 
really meditate on, you know, like to bring that to prayer and just to see. So that Saturday, I think one of the reasons why I love it is because it's kind of this reminder of like the Lord is always like he is always the Lord, even when even when there's like a waiting for him or even when there's a silence or even when there's a quiet or like a desolation, you know? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I work at, I work at a church um, down in Texas. And so I, I'm one of the directors for RCIA and I, yeah, I, I absolutely love Holy week. I love being able to be walking alongside um, all these people that are wanting to enter into the church. And um, it's, it's so cool because during, yeah, I did it this, this Sunday, you know, we had, you know, the, the, the second scrutiny for the fourth Sunday of Lent and just telling these people like, you know, I, you know, we're almost there. We're almost at Easter. I'm, I'm so excited for you guys because I know what's going to happen and, and seeing their excitement um, just gives me so much joy. Cause you know, when I was, you know, I, I don't remember my baptism. I have photos of my first communion and even for my confirmation in high school, I, I don't really think I knew really what was going on. Right. But to be able to now like, experience the all of the triduum and, and the easter vigil alongside these people that that are receiving all these graces it's just it, it's just a, a pure joy um for like those people and for the entire community so i always tell people like please go to the vigil please go to the easter vigil you you will never regret it mm-hmm. mm. yep yeah it's it is so beautiful i my journey is unique, I guess, in the sense that, um, I was away from the church for a while and I just recently had a reversion and came back to the church, um, which was right around the time when, uh, I got engaged and we were, uh, discerning obviously marriage, but I wasn't really discerning because I was kind of away from the church at the time still. Um, but something in me, really wanted to be married in the church, even though I was away from the church at the time. And I think that's just so beautiful because I think that was clearly the Lord working in my heart. Um, And so I had a conversation with my fiance about it and he actually expressed interest in um, coming into the church and getting married in the church together, which was just so beautiful. Um, And it's so amazing because I didn't even see that the Lord was working through us at that time. So clearly now I'm like, Oh my gosh. Um, but so he, we did, and I was actually his sponsor and he went through RCIA and it was the first Easter vigil mass I ever went to. (laughs) So good. I mean, what a blessing. I didn't even realize really, truly like now it's just so beautiful to reflect on. That was not last Easter, but the Easter before. So Mm -hmm. it was, two Easter's ago. Um, but it was just so beautiful and so powerful, even where I was at, like he was clearly working through me as his sponsor. And then like, I was growing in my faith at that time. And then obviously my, my fiance was growing and becoming Catholic. So it was just so beautiful. And I just remember like how, you know, how they're in like the, the robes and then like the Brown and then they switched to the white and it was just, and it was like at night and it's just, and then they had the candles and it was just so beautiful um, and so powerful. And I felt it so deep within me and I knew that he could feel it too. Uh, We had this like moment when he was like changing 
from the robe into the new thing. And we were like back, you know, off and we just were filled with joy. Like it was just this joy coming out of both of us. And I just remember, yeah, we just like kissed. It was like this excitement like happening. Uh, and it's just, it's so beautiful to see how, I don't know, it gets me excited now when I, when I think about those coming into the church at that time and just how beautiful it is that we have that tradition and, and to know all the little ways the Lord's working, even in people that maybe don't even see it in the moment. And then years later, looking back and I'm just like, gosh, the graces he was <laughs> pouring out on us both at that time as we're heading into marriage. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful. So I, I'm really looking forward to, to this year being able to be in person and hopefully kind of experience and reflect on that again. So had he finished RCIA by the time you got married? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so we, that's so cool. yeah, then we got married in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it, it worked out good and it was, it was cool just to see how the Lord was working in my heart. Um, especially because yeah, I was coming back. I was in the process of coming back to the church, but he definitely used that experience, uh, to draw me even closer. And then, to obviously draw my husband into the church too. So, yeah. wow. Beautiful. Amen. So cool. Alexandra, do you have any thoughts about Holy Week? You know, um, I, I didn't grow up, uh, I would probably like more surface Christianity, Easter, Christmas, that kind of stuff. So, um, not going to these things as a child, um, I've found as an adult, I'm really drawn to, to celebrating them. Um, so over the last five years or so, I would say, um, since I really started taking my faith seriously, I've started going here and there. And my husband grew up doing altar boy, you know, serving at all these. So he knows the, the whole lowdown, um, but it's all, it's kind of a new experience for me. Um, so I, with the young kids, we don't get to go to all of them. Um, but a couple of years ago, uh, my youngest child's um, baptismal sponsor, he had a godparent and a sponsor, she came into the church. So a couple of years ago, we got to go to her, to the Easter vigil with her as she made all her sacraments. So that was really special. And the kids got to go and slept through most of it. But, you know, so it's, it's a, every year is a, a new and special experience. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love I love the Triduum and I, I'm a cantor. So I, I, that's like, you know, father, you know, this is like Super Bowl week. It's like the busiest, you know, the busiest time. Yes. And I love, um, I love Holy Thursday and I love that liturgy, but something that just always sticks out to me is it father, is it at good Friday when the priest lays prostrate? Oh yeah. my gosh. When that, the good Friday liturgy is just so unique and there's no, there's yeah. really no, nothing else like it in our, in the church cycle. And just that it starts in total silence and the, and that the priest doesn't like announce what's happening. He's like, no, I'm going to lay, like it just, he comes out and lays <laughs> I, that just moves me. Have you, have you ever noticed too, speaking of that liturgy <clears throat> and how unique it is, have you ever noticed that the priest takes his shoes off when he goes to venerate the cross? No. no, I don't think I've ever seen a priest take his shoes off. 
So, in, so we're instructed to take off our, our shoes and if I'm not mistaken, our chasuble. And um, admittedly, I, I don't, I haven't deeply studied the Good Friday liturgy to know, um, you know, in a more official sense what that's, but my educated guess why it would, it, you know, kind of represent that like Christ is stripped of, of everything at the mm. cross. But also in, in the Old Testament, Moses is instructed to take off his shoes because he's right. standing on holy land, mm. holy ground. Mm -hmm. so right. That too. Yeah. Beautiful. See, it goes to show you that the general instruction of the Roman Missal is a good thing. <laughs> Please, you could have a whole conversation with this I know. guy about yeah. this. Really, we really have a, a retreat on just the the missile, you know? Yep. Oh, yeah. Missile. What, what are we doing in the liturgy and um you know it's it's not just about following rules and um i think there was there was an episode of the simpsons once when they were exploring the catholic church and marge said that um catholic mass was with all the standing sitting kneeling it was like simon says without a winner <laughs> <laughs> but that it's not just that there's it's so oh gosh and, and hearing you uh, talk about your experience with your fiance and your reversion and all, I think, you know, from a priest perspective, I can't help but think about that witness is so important for us to hear, to kind of remind us and encourage us every liturgy, you know, that we should be doing our best to make sure the the incredible beauty of that liturgy mm -hmm. shines through because it, you have no idea what God might be doing through that and see how many graces he poured out on you and, and your fiance and, and your, you know, leading up to your marriage and just, mm -hmm. and maybe no one else really knew that except you two and maybe the priest or a deacon, but, and God, you know, just amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's that, um, I, I don't know who it's a quote by, but, um, I think it says priest of God, um, say this mass as, as if it were your first mass, your last mass, your only mass, yeah. um, just, which is so beautiful, but yeah, speaks to, to exactly that. Like it is beautiful and you never know what is going on in the hearts of the people who are there. And so like a mass said like reverently but with, you know, joy and like, is ah, it's so beautiful. Like it really is, a a witness to people or, you know, like that people recognize when there's something that is like full of pregnant with mystery, you know, there's like yeah. an attraction in that. Something strange is happening. Yeah. yeah. Go back and, to that reading. And even if they don't understand the symbolism, like someone that goes to, you know, Good Friday liturgy and the priest comes out and lays prostrate and they're like, why yeah. is this happening? Even if they don't understand why, even if they don't get the symbolism or what that means or you know, that they don't know that the priest also did that when he took his vows, you still, like you said, there's that mystery and you're like, I don't know why, but I'm drawn to this. This is very interesting. You know what I mean? Like there's everything in the liturgy is attractive. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's especially true during Holy Week. And I think it's the importance of beauty. And I love that the Catholic church emphasizes the importance of beauty and that we, and that people are drawn to beauty. It's why we have like yeah. intentionally beautiful churches and, and during, you know, the Easter vigil when all the lights are off and the candles and the bonfire, like, like people fall in love through beauty. Yeah. And I think I the Catholic Church is really too, good at that. Um, speaking of that, if, if 
the beauty of Holy Week in the seminary, right? And so obviously mm. no one is called to be a seminarian. So if you're spending uh, more than a few years there, something's going wrong. But uh, but what beautiful years they are. And because really that's where you have the best opportunity to, to really just knock it out, hit it out of the park in a sense, um, because there you've got the, the liturgy professor and the sacraments professor and the mu- music director. Ours was the music director, not just for the seminary, but for the Archdiocese of New York. And, wow. um, and all of these, just you know that everything is happening, whereas there might be some limitations in parish life based on resources or personnel or um, just circumstance in a parish. At, at the seminary, I'll always cherish those memories of Holy Week in the seminary. Um, from the the Palm Sunday procession, you know, from outside, and you know, whereas in a parish, you're often just kind of forced to to shorten it because of the space that you have, or you mm. know, uh, all those sorts of things. So it was in, uh, Holy Week in the seminary. If you ever have an up, of course, I want to encourage everyone always participate in your parish. But if you live near a seminary and they're inviting the public to as we did to join them for these Holy Week liturgies mm. at least once you, you've got to go because it's just amazing. That's mm. awesome. I'm, I've made Good a mental thought. note. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I don't know if the seminary awesome. near me will let people in this because of COVID this Maybe year, I mean, but yeah, the future, that's a good yeah. idea. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I do. I love what everyone's been saying. And I think it's so true. Like, I love what you guys are touching on, on um, just how you never know, you know, I, 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 another part of my story was it, during my college years, I, yeah, when I, when I mentioned I was kind of away from the faith, but I would only really go um, when I was home for winter break uh, mm-hmm. on, during Christmas. And yet every year I really felt this like stirring in my heart when I would go. And it was just growing like year over year. I mean, again, it's crazy just to look back, but how year over year, even like every time I would go, it got stronger. And it's just so crazy because they weren't like these amazing. I mean, it was the mass. It was, it wasn't anything. I mean, of course, when it's reverent and beautiful, the more, the better, but like, even when it isn't, it just was a normal, you know, everyday mass, but there was something within me that was longing and that was stirring and that was growing and um and I found out years later that my brother the whole time had been praying for me so it's like these graces were working even though I couldn't really put it into words or understand what was happening yet but just how important that is that yeah it draws you in even when and I think sometimes when you we're in it it can seem kind of monotonous or like you know we, we do it so often that we can kind of take it granted or get into the routine but just realizing yeah the graces that are at work and like how the lord's working always to draw you know people to himself or closer to himself and especially during holy week just how strong it is so i'm excited for that and to watch that like in the community i'm in this year and i feel like every year i get to i grow deeper into um the traditions and into more because there's just always more <laughs> in the church it seems it's just there's always deeper you can go 
Um, so I'm excited just to, yeah, enter into Holy Week this, this year and see what he has in store for me or what, you know, really draws my heart this year. It's, I'm so, it makes you, um, not having access to mass, you know, during lockdowns for COVID and things like that. It, it really kind of opens the eyes. I like, you guys are nodding. So I, I feel like I'm not alone. And then so many people I've talked to, like, I don't, I don't think I realized what a gift it is to be able to go to mass every single day. Like where I was living in Toronto, there are like many parishes that I can go to mass every single day. And then mm. during the triduum, I was by myself in my apartment across the driveway from the chapel and I couldn't go into the chapel mm -hmm. and I couldn't, and there was a priest there who was doing all the liturgies for whole, for the triduum and I, and I couldn't go. And I'm like watching them online from the cathedral, you know, while, mm -hmm. while they're happening. And it was like, oh, there's something so, um, yeah, just so odd about that feeling but it really does and it made me think about like all of the people around the world especially places where where um people are persecuted or where because of you know even in canada there there are a number of dioceses who don't have enough priests to to be able to go and so people might only have mass once a month or you know a few times a year i know there are lots of places like that in the world so it just it kind of brought a new perspective to that for mm -hmm. me and I think I'll be carrying that with me into this triduum as well of like just appreciating how good it is to be able to go and worship, you know, yeah. with the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Last, last Easter, um, I was, I was tapped as one of the very, um, uh, blessed to be. So I, I was father, uh, I was the one behind the phone camera for my priest at, at the church. Um, so I had my little phone camera on a little tripod on a little TV tray and a little microphone pointed right at him. Um, and we were in a little side chapel. Um, and there were maybe four or five other people maximum. Um, and it was, it, you know, I, it was a joy to to be able to be there, but man, I could see, and, and we did, you know, Sunday masses and everything like that. So to see the, um, the pain and the suffering that my priest held as he was saying mass, because, you know, he like, you know, like, like all the priests, they, they love this community. They love the people. They love being a part of, of something, um, greater, obviously. So to see him, um, do the consecration, and everything and look out and see, you know, four people when usually he's looking at two to 300, right? Mm -hmm. um, I could see it in his face that he was longing for that. And um, I was living um, with, with some roommates at the time. And I remember after a couple of weeks, my roommate, um, who she also worked at a church, but she couldn't go in. They had other people helping that church. And she asked me um, right before I left one Sunday morning, she said, could you ask your priest if it would be okay if you could bring home the Eucharist? And I was like, yeah, let me, let, let me, let me find out. And I talked to the priest about it and, and I talked with him of how, um, she was just, cause I, I, I was like, Rachel, like you were saying, I was in that like routine of, all right, I go to work, I go to mass to do this and everything. And when she asked me that, I was like, oh my gosh, like I've, I've even in this, like, I like simply took it for granted and it like humbled me. Like, I can't, I can't do that at all like like ever at any mass um and i think that it's it was a good like wake-up call that i kind of i always kind of remember like don't don't take it for granted um yeah yeah absolutely 
I am at my job. I'm, I work at a parish in Philadelphia in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And um, I, one of the aspects of my job is bringing communion to, you know, our homebound. And because of COVID, I have a lot more people like on my list than would be if not because of COVID. And, um, and yeah, like I, I make it a point, like I made it a point right before Christmas to like bring them communion all like right before Christmas. And this one woman who wasn't on my list called me and said, you know, could you, is there, is there any possibility? And I was like, yes, of course, like, of course. So I, I went over and she just like, could not even put into words how thankful she was because it had probably been nine months since she received the Eucharist. Um, and I think we need to remember those that still aren't coming to mass and can't come to mass for this Easter, because it will have been over a year since some of them have received the Eucharist and how painful that's going to be for them, you know? Um, so I think we should all just like, I don't know. I just felt called call to share that, like that we need to carry those people in our, you know, in our hearts and in our prayers this Easter, because like praise the Lord that, that this Easter will look so different than last Easter and that, you know, our churches will be as filled as they can safely be filled. Um, but Sally, there are going to be those that because of their, you know, their health, um, you know, still won't be there. And that's, that's really tough. And I know it's tough on, you know, our priests to, to know that, that not every, not every member of, of our body of Christ is going to be able to be there with us, you know? To, um, to kind of put this in the context of this Holy Week, um, can we just encourage everyone who's, who's listening or those whom we know and uh, we can share this with um, another symbol, another sign of, of Holy Week is the empty tabernacle, mm. right? And uh, on Saturday and that empty tabernacle, How and I've always felt deeply disturbed by that i never really noticed it as a kid because i didn't go to the church much during the triduum go for easter mass and that was about it but then in the seminary where there were five <laughs> five or six chapels throughout the building you know and walking by again talking about taking it for granted um walking by and you know about to sign myself i'm passing by the eucharist and realize no i'm not he's not there and um just to encourage our our friends listening to take note, take note of that this year. If you can get to your parish, um, even just to stop by for a few minutes in between everything else and say a few prayers and notice that the tabernacle is empty. I think this last year, all of the restrictions um, brought about by the pandemic kind of magnified that, that suffering um, maybe, you know, that's an opportunity to kind of be shaken awake out of our complacency, if it's complacency or just kind of, um, you know, a culture of taking that for granted that we say never again will, will we live as though it doesn't matter, but let's be disturbed by the empty tabernacle, you know, and, and mm. rejoice all the more at his rising. Ooh, amen, father. I love that. Be disturbed <laughs> by the empty tabernacle. Amen. Amen. So good. I do feel like we're able to enter into even Lent, you know, in a deeper way this year because 
just with everything, the world, the state of the world and just everything the last year, just, and so I love that reflection, like being invited into that and just, um, yeah, just the places where we can offer up our, the places of our heart that have felt empty, you know, and then just to bring it to the Lord and to ask him to heal it and to, yeah, help us to rejoice in, um, the fact that he's risen and just, um, to carry that into the rest of our year. So thank you so much for that, Father. That was beautiful. Awesome. Well, this might be, if everyone's good, maybe we should, can wrap it up here. Um, Father, would you mind, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but would you mind closing us in prayer? I would not mind at all. Wonderful. Thank you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, thank you for Lent. Thank you for this opportunity to enter the desert with you. Uh, thank you for the chance to embrace the cross, to, uh, to accept whatever cross you're allowing us to bear in union with yourself. Thank you also for the joy of, of Easter, the joy of your resurrection, the joy of knowing that nothing can ever come between us. Nothing can ever stand between you and your people whom you love so perfectly. Help us to prayerfully enter into Holy Week and Easter and let it change our lives. Um, we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. Maybe really quickly, if we could just go around and you could tell us where we can find your podcast and if you have like, you know, social media or anything that people can find you on. I'm on Instagram at a shower roses and Facebook, and you can learn more about the podcast and where to listen at a shower roses podcast.com. In the thicket is, uh, on Instagram and Facebook at in the thicket podcast. And we're also at in the thicket podcast.com. Raising saints is also on Facebook and Instagram raising saints podcast. And you can find us on, we don't have a website, but you can email us at raising saints podcast at gmail.com. Uh, to grow good. You can find on Instagram at to grow good or um or also online to grow um you can also email me at to grow good podcast at gmail.com if anyone wants to chat or um maybe you want to share your encounter with god i'd love to share it so reach out <laughs> and you can find the catholic and podcast on instagram um, at the catholic and podcast um, you can always slide into our dms whenever you want um, and you can listen to us on anchor spotify whatever whatever's available in your headphones awesome very good well thanks everyone this is awesome thanks so much thank you, thank you. so great to meet you guys mm -hmm. <laughs>